Okay, welcome back to Uncontroversial, episode two. Pastor Brilliant. Dave Gilpin, Rick Emerson. What are we doing here, Dave? We're what are we start doing again for episode two? I've realised I'm wearing uh, beige, like I'm wearing a beige shirt when my whole ministry is based on raging against beige. Well, you did that last time I saw you as well. We were saying that's a beige tee. Today you've got a white collar at least. You've changed it up. But yeah, but still, no, 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 it looks white, but it's actually beige. There's, that's two, there's two beige shirts in your closet. And I hate, I hate beige. But it's 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 symbolic though, so it's okay though. It's not that literal. It's your trademark. I know. I'll, I'll make sure that that um, I'll change my shirt in due course. <laughs> I'll burn this one. <laughs> it's a little oversight. It's me backsliding slightly in the clothes department. Mate, we all have little areas, don't we? Of oversight and improvement. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Let's not make this episode about that. Um, talk to me about what you were thinking. Episode two, you uh, had some ideas, we, and you thought, "Let's go here." Oh, yeah, well, we should talk about discipleship, right? Because discipleship is the buzzword. Mm. Everybody's banging on about discipleship, and it's confused me. You know, I've been in the, <laughs> I've been in the ministry, um, like. Uh, five years youth pastor, 29 years uh, plus 1.5 years, so whatever that is, 36 years. But oh, when they bang on too much about discipleship, I'm, mm. it, it, it throws me slightly because, you know, some people have made discipleship a pathway where, where you attend 12 weeks, 12 nights, 12 Tuesday nights, whatever. And so that's one, the dis- one, one session starting with the letter D, the next with all. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like- so so that, that annoys me slightly. But just, oh, I don't know. And also, I just absolutely know that you can't actually disciple the whole church anyway. There's only a certain group of people in the church that are flexible enough to actually want to change. There's, you know? a, there's a, an interesting thought. We, we often have a... a um, a conversation internally here around this idea of discipleship because you're right, it is a buzzword. A lot of people talking about it. A lot of people – I think that the, the thing is it's like a lot of language. We say something out loud. We, we hear it, other people saying it. But what does it actually mean? Mm. And not, I think not many people no, probably no. have a, a clear understanding of that. No. And then and also if you try and – as there's a lot of um, – I wouldn't call them consumer Christians. I'd, I'd say there's a lot of immature Christians who who are stunted. You know, they've got the Peter Pan syndrome. They've remained in a certain condition and they haven't matured. Mm. So if you try and, uh, let's say, correct them, encourage and correct, the correction will – you'll break relationship because it's only discipleship where people can discern the difference between correction and rejection. So anyway, because you know, so, like, no, no. Say, that, say that again. When I've been corrected, it's, a, it's, a, it's only in it's only disciples in discipleship. It, it, real discipleship, yeah, can can filter out the rejection yep. from the correction. Right, for all the rest of the church, if you correct them, yeah. like like we don't want the table over there, we want the table over here, yeah. or um, have you thought about your uh, living living arrangement. You know, if you <laughs> if you if you do that, then then it breaks the relationship. Mm. It just does because people equate it as, "Are oh, you rejecting me?" Because you're not fully accepting everything that I'm involved in, right? And I think that, and I think that we're almost forcing the church into a discipleship mode when a lot of them aren't actually in discipleship mentality to themselves, you know. Yeah. So I think there's a group of people in every church that from six to 60 years of age who 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 want to grow. And I think that our, our art of leadership is is just to work amongst those who want to grow. Uh, test some people out, you know, just do you want to grow? Because if you want to grow, this is an army. 
I think that's an important thought. Like what, the thought that stands out for me when it and there's not the word discipleship is not even mentioned. I mean, Jesus when he first decides that he needs a band of brothers to walk with him, when he first decides he needs disciples, right? He doesn't walk up to them and say, "Hey, be my disciple." He simply says, "Follow me." Mm. I my personal um, revelation, if you like, or thought around this topic is simply that if discipleship isn't first and foremost and then continually invitation, oh, brilliant. then what is it? Ultimately, Jesus is issuing a, a, an invitation. Hey, boys, I've watched you out there on the lake. You're doing a great job catching those snapper. Love your work. You, you, you're efficient. You've got a work ethic. I think they're a bit rough around the edges, but I think I could, mm. I think I could do something with these boys. Hey, hey, guys, I'm not trying to take control of your whole life. I'm just saying, follow me. Mm. Come and come and follow. Come and walk the journey out with. Mm. And and you know, it's interesting that even at a, at a midpoint where Jesus starts to bring in some some difficult teaching around the idea of, hey, you need to eat my flesh. Yeah, you need to drink my blood. Like, yeah. what, what is this vampire Jesus? Mm. You know. Oh yeah, he he. He could have said it a bit better. It like, <laughs> it's like he intentionally made it intentionally, difficult to understand because yes. the crowds were building, yep. the numbers were going through the roof. Well, the it says he spoke in parables, so the most people wouldn't understand him. Crazy, unless, unless you've got the right heart, then you would understand him. So he's he's deliberately a little defi- divisive. Yeah. You isn't, know. isn't that's that's controversial, even mm. though we're trying to be uncontroversial. Mm. There, there is a sense where I, I think where Jesus deliberately talks in parables. I, I heard um, an apologist and I – I can't remember which one it was now, talking about it years ago where they said God is so loving and so gracious that even though he's all-powerful, all-knowing, all always present, all of these things, he still designed the universe in such a way where that if you want to find him, you will. But if you don't want to find him, he respects your choice of free will so much that he won't force himself upon you. Brilliant, yes, he, yes. To love is yes. the highest ethic of the universe. Yes. And so if if following Jesus, if if discipleship is not driven from the hungry heart of oh. the of the student wanting to be discipled, yeah. it's not actually discipleship, it's control. No, that's brilliant. Because he underplayed the healings too. A lot of healings he said, Don't tell anyone, right? He did. So that's underplaying it. Underplaying. Even when they said, Jesus, we know you're the Messiah, he's, he sternly warned them, mm. Don't tell anybody about this. No. It's not not, not ready yet, guys. No. No, it's awesome, man. So I just think invitation, and and you know people have different ways of doing pastoral follow up in their church. Um, you know different um, levels of okay, if this person hasn't been, if this person do we chase them up? But of course, you know we should we should love people, we should oh. seek their best, we should try to maintain relationship with them, live at peace, and all those sort of things. Uh, help them out if they've gone through a difficult season. Oh. But there is a sense where one of the one of the most well responded to things. When I talk to a new person in in our church, I'll often say this kind of thing when I'm explaining how we do church, what what our philosophies are, what we what we believe. I'll usually say to them, "Hey, we're not the kind of church that's going to track you down, spam your email, drive you insane, text you three times a week. Where have you been? How come you haven't done this?" I said, "We don't we don't follow anybody up in that sense." And and most people look at me like, oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, 100%. It's I like mean, a I, freedom comes across them. 100%. It's the same when I go, if I go shopping, 
I don't I don't want someone to come up and say, how's your day going? Because you don't care anyway. <laughs> you're doing and it because you've been told and to I, do it. I can read the sizings, yeah. right? Yeah. And I can see the sale rack. So rack off. <laughs> You know, I just it, – it's 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 an odd thing that we're You all, don't say that out loud, do you? you no, think that no. No, you are, you are pleasant as you can be, right? But yeah. but still, though, people don't like high – it must work, but but it yeah. but it, it 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 encroaches on a person's individual you, – you end up yes. buying something that you don't want to buy. And you feel like you needed to buy yes. it because you play – because there's a lot of people yes. who are – and I, my, na- my natural personality is – is to be a people pleaser. Mm. If someone gives me really good service at a mm. shop, if someone looks after yeah. me, whatever, yes. even if I don't want it, I feel yes. a pr- an internal pressure. They're, pl- they're playing on that. They're playing on right. that. I and feel so- that at times. It was, there was a, a uh, very recently, I was looking for a, a new pair of running shoes. Mm. And I'm not a runner necessarily, but I, I, I need a pair of shoes. I can go for a walk in, go for a jog in, whatever. Mm. And, I, and I go in and I've seen all these different shops and I'm like, oh, I can't get anything that fits. I've got a, I got a fat, wide, ugly foot. Mm. And, uh, and so when I go in to try these shoes and nothing fits properly. Anyway, I go into this place where I'm like, I know all the shoes are ugly. Mm. The athlete's foot. And they measure your foot. You know, you walk uh, across the thing, yes, and you, yes. you right. And you roll, you roll your foot across, and it comes up on the little screen. Yep. And they tell you, you know, you you, you roll in, you roll out. Mm. And all of a sudden, I go through this process with this girl. You know, my wife is sitting next to me, and, and she's like, "Hurry up, you know, let's get these shoes done and get out of the shop." And I'm walking across this thing. I, I try on three pairs of shoes that she brings out. Says these ones will suit you perfectly. And I'm like, "Oh no, they're all ugly as anything. Mm. Like they're the worst looking running shoes." Oh. You ever see? And if anybody knows me, you know I like my white shoes. I like it in a bit lighter. Yep. And she yep. brings out all these black, yes, weird. And I said, yeah. and I said, these are the these are the kind of shoes that seventy year old guys yes. wear with their with their bright blue jeans. I yes. don't want to wear these. No. And but but you know what? I I I actually had to muster up the courage to say, I really don't like any of these mm. shoes. Yeah. But I said, is there anything else I can take? Yeah. <laughs> and she sold me a pair of insoles. Oh no, no, she did not. For fifty dollars, she didn't insoles for fifty dollars. Fifty dollars that that I thought were comfortable, and I've oh put them no. in a couple of pairs of shoes at home, and they're not that good. Oh no! I just felt like I had to. No, that's right. That's right. I and think I thought it, fifty dollars is better than two hundred and fifty for the shoes. Yeah, but I, I, I only just got out of buying the shoes. But but that was that pressure to yes. do something, and, and yeah. I, I don't want my church to feel like that. No. I think in church life, I think you're right in terms of invitation because in church life, let's say if, if you do a special offering once a year, right? You can you can get more you can get more people to give. Hmm. So I would say what happens is it skews right in that in that the the very um, sincere, um, m- very more agreeable. That's uh, a person is uh, yes. A, a more agreeable somebody is the more diligent, self diligent. The more strivy, mm. they're going to give. You know, if you, if you've got a brilliant presentation, if the presentation is too brilliant, they're going to give too much, and then others are going to give. Uh, you know, too little in one respect because they're not they they they're not seeing this as a gymnasium. You know, that the more they stretch, the the stronger they actually get. But it's it's skewed. I remember I've I've taken, oh gee, I've taken some large offerings in the past, right? And I've said to like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And I've said to someone what do you, someone in oversight, what do you think of that? They said, oh, it's probably 75% of the full potential. 
I was wow. thinking, oh, it's pro- I'm thinking to myself, it's probably 10% more than I should have got what the, the full potential should have been <laughs> because because you'll get bias regret. You'll get you get people yeah. who are pushed over the line through too good a leadership that becomes subtly manipulative. But it's not deliberately manipulative. No. It's just it's just that people you know you want to monitor everything, right? And I think I think you're right, discipleship needs to be invitational, but but the you can't you can't give them too big a promises or too false promises, say, mm. that everything's going to be fabulous. You have to monitor it a little bit. So you're actually creating disciples, not just creating again, you can move from sons back to servants. Yeah. You know, but you want to you want to make sons grow sons into fathers. And so there is a lot of responsibility on leadership to not be too flash, too good, too salesmanshipy. Well, authentic is another one of those buzzwords that's mm. around. But but there is a sense in which you can be authentic and way too transparent. You know, you you're, yeah. you can be authentic and 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 bleed out over people. Or yeah. as a as a discipler, yes, I'm giving you the real version of myself. Yes. And we we all know that isn't necessarily ideal. No. But there is a sense in which you've got to be okay to see the person that you're following or the leader that you're following on a bad day and know that they're going to make it, yeah. you know, and know that, hey, the, the, the health of the church or the health of, you know, if you're a pastor, you can't, you can't be so perfect and so finely tuned that people no. look at you and go, oh, I can't relate to that. No. There's got to be some yeah, sense of, humanness, of, of, of humanness and, and yes. an ability to be broken without be, without being bleeding. Yes, that's right. But people are going to see people who come up close to you because discipleship must be a close thing, right? Yeah. In, when people not a, not a classroom thing, or it's partially classroom, but it's mostly a personal thing. So they come up close to you. They've got to see you warts and all, and then they have to see you being transformed. They've got to be with you for quite some time yeah. to see you changing. And the change element is is changes the essence of Christianity, not not a standard of holiness. Well, you talked about that in episode one. So you yep. talked about the fact that Christianity must lead with transformation yes. rather than you know whether it be the power of God or, mm. or whatever else somebody might choose. Mm. Transformation is at the center of this. Yes, I think that I think what's happened with um, what happens with leadership is is the closer you come to it, the more you see it. You see it warts and all. The more the human that you see it, yeah. and I think I think that's why. Um, you can't let everyone come and see you because because you see your warts and all because they'll they'll they're taking something that's very personal, and um, if if they do it out if they lose trust in you they can then expose it to everyone around about and I just think it's so, a very so is, holy- that, is that experience that's taught you that <sighs> I I'd say so in the in the it's a holy thing you know it's like marriage marriage is 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 incredibly holy because you can you see the other person. They like see you worst in the ever, worst. Yeah. Let's say in the worst, right? Yeah. But their role is to guard, to guard it, right? Mm. Put a fence around it and not expose that, unless they're in a a, a deep marriage counselling situation, right? Where where you do yeah. need to expose stuff. But in the general premise, we're not exposing each other, mm. and that's why there needs to be a a, a, a certain level of trust. You know, Jesus had had four or five concentric circles, didn't he? His his had John the closest then. Then Matthew, three. then three, yeah. um, 12, 70. Then, yeah. yeah. So I think that there is that that goes on, mm. and I think that, uh, oh, gee, we've gone from we've gone from don't let anyone know you at all well, ministry so that, to let, what, let everybody know everything about you. Yeah, it's like the pendulum swing. Mm. It's like 
the, the, the grandfather clock sitting in the hallway. And, and we don't, as the, as the kingdom of God, if we don't learn how to, as, as leaders, as churches, if we don't learn how to understand, oh, we, yeah, we might have been maybe a little bit too far this mm. way. You don't have to overcorrect. Mm. It's like a car fishtailing down the road. You're in, it's, oh, yeah, you overcorrect right. out of instinct. That's right. But, that, but wisdom stops you from, from yeah. leading from instinct. Oh. And also you don't want to, you know, this, this is a wrong expression, but it's from the Bible. Don't cast your pearl before swine, right? Which yeah. the interpretation is don't say stuff that's too personal in an environment that can abuse that personalness. Hmm. So, so if you, if you, um, you know, I just, I think there's some stuff that pastors in their authenticity need to hold back either for a more intimate group of people, whatever. But once you cast it out there, it's sometimes it's very hard to take it back and very hard for people not to um yeah use that against you because of their own brokenness mm. it's an interesting thought when we say discipleship because that word even even the idea of jesus saying follow me was said to a very small group of men mm. two three you know like it was a very personal invitation there is a sense where um as a pastor you know what's the what's the size of the church that you're responsible for? There's, even even in in my world, there's you know there's the crowd of people on a Sunday, which is hundreds of people. Then there's you know the, the leadership circles that that are a little bit more personal. And, and, and so discipleship takes a different frame, if you like, or a different um, different line in each of those different circles. Yeah. So so yeah. and the way I would you know ultimately you're discipling your own children, hopefully. Mm. You know, so so the conversations that I'll have with my ten-year-old daughter mm. are going to be more intimate potentially than the ones that I'm going to have on the platform in front of people. Yeah. But 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 that doesn't mean that I'm less authentic about oh. the discipleship on the platform. It doesn't have Great to be point. that intimate. No, to be good. No, that's it, right. It's it's a it's a different phase of discipleship or a different um, flavor of discipleship. I'm yeah. trying to find the right way to yes. frame it. But you've got to know you've got to know your circle. Yes. So so if if something's working with your with your three key leaders, yeah. that doesn't and, and, and it really produces great fruit in their lives. And they're following you and, and you're building some beautiful synergy together yeah. and, and they get it and, and maybe it's the board or the eldership or you, you know the associate pastors, youth part everyone's on board with, and the staff team are loving this. That doesn't mean that it'll work for the general population of the church. No. Because some people there are going, I I'm, I don't even know why I'm here this morning. Mm. I come because I'm checking out church for the first time. Oh, that's right. And if someone starts bleeding all over them, they're yeah. going to go, oh, yeah. this is not cool. No. Most people are in a non – a lot of people are in a non-committed situation. If something goes if something goes wrong with the church, they leave the church immediately. So it's quite mm. a – it's quite a um, – it's, it's, we live Ooh. in a tenuous kind of – Tenuous age. I think with regards to pastors, there's four faces of God, isn't there? The face of a lion, the face of an ox, the face of an eagle, the face of a human, right? Or it's from Ezekiel chapter one, right? So there's four facets to the to the nature of God. And I think that when most pastors, let's say you've got an introverted child pastor, but he goes onto the pulpit there, he suddenly presents himself as an eagle, right? Mm. So that, that's the eagle side, there's a visionary side. Yep. And uh, But then he's got to learn then there's an ox side, you know, where we're just plowing up the field. There's a lion side where we're, we're again, declaring stuff, you know, and there's the human side. I think it's knowing when to switch, but, but all four are the image of God. You know, it's just it, it's just not to not to always be the eagle, and not just to always. I don't know. Authenticity is a very difficult a difficult thing, but people need to discipleship is people 
is is you helping unlock somebody to become to follow Jesus better. Yeah. Yeah. Even Paul, like I was thinking about the idea where Jesus says, follow me. And it's one thing to have Jesus invite you personally. It's another thing if you or I were doing it. I mean, we're not Jesus. You know, so we're not actually discipling people to us. Even though Paul does say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'm also not the apostle Paul. You know, I'm not putting myself in that realm. So, so... there's a way in which I'm, I'm discipling you, but but ultimately I'm trying to do that. I'm discipling you to Christ. Yeah, I must become, you know, John the Baptist says, I must decrease. Yes. Oh, all, my disi- all, your, all the disciples are leaving you, John. You, are you worried about that? You're losing followers on social media. Everyone's going to the church down the road. Are you? John says, well, I must decrease. He must increase. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful for that thought process in my head. I'm not trying to, trying to make you like me, buddy. No. Don't try and be like me. No, no, we, we, that's right. It's, but it's a little bit like that when you're talking about, oh, how many sons sons are risen up, how many fathers, you know, you're a father of the faith, when we are but a sub-father, you know, like, you know, the, yeah. always even the pastor of a church is the associate assistant pastor. Well, Jesus pastor. is the head of the church, isn't yeah, he? We, so we might be responsible yeah, for leading it, but he's the head. Yeah, I think we. I think sometimes I really believe that we that we we're partly at risk of making church a cut. Uh, no, making church um, an idol. You know, almost grandiorizing church so much that it becomes an institution within itself rather than a gateway between heaven and earth, you know, and I think that a lot of our problems, I think, have come from... from is, a- is that reactionary because, you know, as the last 50 years has rolled on by and, and particularly in an Australian context uh, and in the West, you know, church attendance in general has diminished, mm. you know, across the board. Mm. Um, and so what happens is we have to try to polish this thing up, make it more shiny, make it more important to force yeah. it into people's narrative and... Uh, and in doing so, maybe overdoing it a little bit. Yes, I would say so. To it's, putting it's, it's too reactionary. Much, yes, putting too much work into it, too much time into it, and then and then you have to then serve it to keep to keep the standard up. Mm. You know, I know a church, a church, a friend of mine uh, was running a church in Canada that's just about to stop, right? And he's been doing it for twelve years, and um, because the church is reduced in size, right? And he needs a lot of volunteers, and he's got like two big truckloads of gear. That has to be unpacked to it's put on the church service, right? Church. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's that's it's too much gear for the size of the church, mm. right? But he's in a marketplace where where he's got to put on a good production, and and probably after you've been doing that for a while, it's very hard just to grab an old a Casio and an old <laughs> little, you know, just one speaker system after doing church like that. So, so he's closing the church down. You know, so I, I, it's a bit of a shame, though. But I think the cultures, the culture has almost um, created uh, that. Because I mean, you, you know, we all we all believe and and live and die for the fact that we want to make the church as beautiful as That's, possible. Yeah. I mean, she is a, a, a city on a hill mm. to stand out. You want it. You want the church to be polished beautifully on mm. the inside and on the outside. Mm. You know, they do. Like it's funny. I, I've often thought of the statement around um, you know David when when all of Samuel comes to look for the, the next king, you know, and he overlooks all the boys, uh, all the glossy boys. Uh, they look like they should have been the king. Is there another? Is there another kid? You know, and David is out on the on the uh, on the field looking after the sheep. They call him in, and there's this thing where where David was not beautiful necessarily. He was just a, just a good boy, oh. and 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 the statement is made. Um, you know, God doesn't look 
at the outward appearance. Yeah. Um, God looks at the heart. But my thing on that is some people go, oh, the church has just got to have a good heart, you know. Uh. I said, well, no, 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 the, the church is also for people. Like uh. God looks at the inward, uh. but man looks at the outward. So we also want the church to be attractive. We want the church yeah. to be great. Yeah. So it's a balance of those two balance, beauties, isn't though. it? Yeah, it it's is a, t- a the, the, the right The right spirit lies within it always. I mean, yes. man, how many beautiful tensions are there in Scripture? Yeah, that's you know, right. And, and, and we certainly don't want to be um, – in a pendulum swinging away from the beautiful Solomon's temple. Mm. You know, we want church to be amazing. Mm. But at the same time, the church isn't God. Mm. It's the bride of Christ. It's it's important. It's beautiful. Mm. It's what we what we are giving ourselves to build as pastors. I mean, obviously, mm. we've given our whole lives to this. Mm. But but if you're not actually following Jesus and you're in church, it's the old McDonald's, you know, you know, you're not a hamburger if you're not in McDonald's kind no. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, I I would say that the church is like the English Football League in that you've got a, a a Premier League of people, right, from whether they're six or sixty, right, that and that are are wanting to change. There's a group of people who are wanting to change mm. and and who are playing the beautiful game, right? Which is which is a surrender. It's it's laying down your life, it's it's picking up your life, it's serving, it's honouring, it's receiving, all those kind of things, all right? All in, all yeah, in. Kind yeah, of it's living by faith. It's the essence of living by faith, right? Yeah. But I think that at the English Football League is, is split into different leagues. Underneath that is the championship. And I would say that people say if you're going to build a strong church, you build it on belong, believe, dream and achieve. And I think to put belonging first is 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 detrimental to church life, right? It's believing first. And, and I think that what Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So every, that's an order of things that coming behind the heart and it's a surrendering of your soul to heart, it's surrendering of your strength to heart. And, um, and I, think that, I think if you do English Football League, the Premier League's led by faith. The championship underneath that is led by belonging. And so generally when people who are led by a sense, oh, I really belong here, when they do leave the church, they say there's no love in this church. And also when they do leave, they leave because three friends have left. Mm. And when they do leave, they leave because they haven't been, they haven't put faith beyond their sense of belonging. So they don't move into aspects of real forgiveness and real love. Just when friction occurs, the sense of belonging is is in crisis and then and then they leave the church. And so I think that's a that's a that's a when Jesus described discipleship, he, he never described that. He only described pick up your cross. He only described follow me. Deny yourself. Yeah, so it's pretty – that's the only standard. So he's only describing the Premier League. So you get the championship based on belonging. Then you get the the League One underneath that, which is based on um, it's the mind, loving God with all your mind. And so people are with you while they understand what you're doing. And once, once uh, you go off on a different tangent to the vision they agreed to, they'll leave the church. Once their dreams vary from your dreams, they'll leave the church. Um, it's just based on an agreement. So underneath um, the championship is League uh, One, which is loving God with, with all of your mind. And we've got a problem with that, right? Because once someone disagrees with you, then that's the break in the relationship. Once somebody, Once you say this is the vision and you don't fulfill the vision, that's a break in their ability to dream with yeah, you. Wow. 
So it sounds good. People say, people who say, I'm with you with all, I love the vision. <sighs> the problem there, because you want to love God, who is the who is the vision of this place, right? So it's a problem when they love the vision. Because now they're talking either about bricks and mortar, they're talking about a, an outreach in Indonesia or something like that. And so there's there's an agreement, but it's very it's a shallow type of thing. A mental agreement's a shallow thing. Mm. And then then people who love God with all of their strength, which is League Two. And this Which is, is really League Four, isn't it? You've, you've yes, gone, it is the fourth gone, one down. Yeah. You've gone what was it? The top one? Uh, Premier League. Premier Premier Championship, Championship. League, League One, League Two. League Two. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and loving God with all his strengths, a, pr- a problem because when the church slows down, which it, everyone loves a church that, that, that is speeding up, right? Momentum. Yeah, but then God, God often brings in the doldrums and allows the church to be still. And it's a testing point for those who love him with all their strength. Yeah, wow. Because they love movement. The same as you and me do. We love momentum. We love movement. When momentum stops, it's a maturity process. And some people, that's their gateway into the Premier League, thinking – why are you here? Is it because of the momentum, because of the growth, or you're here because of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Once I'm here because of Jesus, they don't go through the ranks. They're immediately, immediately in the yeah. Premier League. Are, are you called to be in this church? Yeah, exactly. And I think we, that's it's actually funny that we, we, as I'm listening to you tell tell that analogy, my mind's gone crazy because I can think of so many different examples of maybe people who have disconnected over the journey or whatever, and I go, oh, oh. Because they, they don't belong or they don't agree or – um, in League League Two, their security is in on their function. So you take them out of playing lead guitar. Where are they next week? Yes, yeah, somewhere well, else. Well, in another church yeah. where playing lead guitar. Func- where it can be functional. Yeah, so it's it's functional functionality, and uh, so so in the same way that Jesus stands up in front of the, the the growing crowd and says, "Hey, you know, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to be any part of me." Mm. And he, and he intentionally brings a thinning process and then turns to the 12 and go, you're going to leave too. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I think that's, there, there's a thinning process, uh, like a Gideon process, where God takes the army of how many thousand, 30,000 or something, reduces it down yeah. to 300, right? I think that there is that process that goes on when God tests the church. COVID was a, a testing process for the church to say, right, you've had 10 years of education, 10 years of following Jesus. Ten, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do when the, <laughs> when the church is in crisis? Yeah, right. When other people leave the church, what That's are you going to do? The church is, is in crisis because we've we're, the routine's been destroyed. So what are you going to do? You know what I find really interesting about, interesting about that is over COVID um, – the first, you know, first few weeks of the shutdown, first week, first second week, third week, fourth week, uh, we obviously had a lot of meetings internally about, you know, how are we going to navigate this, what are we going to do next, um, you know. So, so we were able to, and we'd already been um, streaming our services on a Sunday online mm. um, for, you know, I, I don't know, a few months before that. But there was a sense in which um, Pastor Ash had this beautiful thought. And I, I didn't fully understand it when he had the thought because my my um, reaction, if you like, as a leader to crisis was to fill the void, mm. right? And 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 so we saw a lot of pastors become like chefs online oh, and yes. running cooking shows every yeah. night and Indeed. running interviews and doing all of these sort of things. What you know, with a perfectly good intention to keep the church focused, to keep everybody with them, not knowing when we were going to have another Sunday service again. And I'll never forget what Pastor Ash said. He said, um, "No, no, no. We are going to trust the church to be the church." Oh, gee. And when he said it, I was like, 
how is that different from what I'm suggesting or right. thinking? And I just had to, I had to, I had to sit in that for a second. No, we're going to trust the church to be the church. So we even did a series of Wednesday night, um, you know, like like when the life groups would be on. We thought, well, let's get on and stream some Bible studies and do some things. And we did that. And that was actually quite good. But we did it for about three or four weeks, and then the conversation shift. Said, no, we're going to stop doing that now. We're going to stop doing that and providing for you know consumer level wow, spirituality yep. for our church, and we're going to trust them. Oh, that, gee, that's that they're going to be the yes. church that that God has called them to be that that yes. we've been preaching about yep. for the last however many years, yep. and and you know what, I I'm not going to say that our church was perfect or everything went glossy brochure like legendary, but our church was really strong through COVID. Our congregation supported each other. Mm. There was a, there was a across the board there was a beautiful sense of anticipation for when we'd come back, but not of stress and freak out that we couldn't yet. And when we could, it was it was stunning. Do you know what I mean? It was it was beautiful. Mm. And and we didn't really like we didn't really lose numbers. No. That's um, amazing that. When and, everyone else lost thirty to fifty percent. And that was that wisdom from from no, it's proper from wisdom Pastor Ash wisdom to go in a church. Just go, no, 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 no. Yeah. Pause. I know that I know that there's something happening. I know that we feel like you know, and none of us had done it before. I mean, it's not like he'd led through a pandemic before and knew that this was going to work. It was such a such a, a, a prophetic insight or wisdom or whatever we would like to call it. So, no, no, no. Just the church is it's Jesus' church, mm. you know. So and even in that discipleship thing, that 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 what Ash said in that moment um, framed me. You know, it really yeah. it spoke to yeah. me about what it means to be a leader. Yeah. But that, that let the church be the church is the same for people where they think no one's phoning up for a month. Does, the, does anyone really love me? They've got the opportunity then to actually be the church and realise that God's love for them is the paramount love and the paramount source of their lives. You can almost go to a point and say that God will allow that to happen. 100%. He's done it with me. He, he allows you to be isolated because he wants to become the real Christ to you. And I think, you know, it's the same with parenting. There's an aspect of every child's life with a fence around it where parents are not allowed to go. And that's the place where God will meet that child. And parents try and creep mm. into that space, overcare the child, overnurture the child in order to relieve their own fears of being out of control. But in every child, there's a zone where the parents are out of control. The parents are out of control. Yeah. And that's the place where God will meet them. And you can actually damage them long term yep. by helicoptering. Yeah. And I think that we 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 do we are orientated towards helicopter pastoring. And because we're not equipped for it, uh, we end up not pastoring. We end up not trying to ascertain who are the Premier League, who are the people willing to change. And it's a little bit fluid on the edges because people are coming in, people are, are dropping out. They're saying, I love people more than I love God. I'm, I'm a family person rather than a faith person, yep. in and out. But generally, though, they're the people who, who you can turn into an army. Hmm. But everyone else, just let them be on the love boat. Just just preach to them, give them an opportunity to, to switch boats back onto the grey boat, you know, um, uh, and well, well, they're not they're, they're not your people. No, they're not. They're so not. so hold them very lightly. Mm. Love them to death. Oh. Die die for them. Yes. But ultimately, yes, yes. Like but, Christ is the is the good yes. shepherd. But only only um, it, you, if you're right, only 
I'm thinking analogies here, right? If everyone's in the aerobics, doing water aerobics, which is the lightest form of aerobics, right? Yeah. Then, then don't force everybody up to up to the weightlifting gym. Allow people to come up, and then, but the church is weightlifting. Yeah. Principally, Jesus described discipleship as it's the weightlifting zone. But but we know that to come into that, you, you might go through firstly do water aerobics or do something that's easier to come into it, right? Yeah. So we don't we don't mind the pathways in. So and also our culture pays by installments, which is different to how it was two thousand years ago. Hang on, so so what, explain culture, that. Pays, culture pays, pays by, by installments. So if you want to buy a car, you you don't yes. come up okay. with all the money, and yep. it's the same with 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 Christianity as well. You know, people pay by installments. Mm. You know, so so say, so, oh, you know, come to church, right? Well, if I've already paid for paid my the entirety of this, you can't hold me back from it. That's this right. is my lifestyle. You don't have to sell me church every week. Yeah, you know. So I think let the church be the church. I have a is, revelation. Yes, I'm going to do it don't myself. Put, don't put a video up every Friday saying, "Hey, got a great thing happening in church on Sunday." Let the church let the church be the church. Don't go into your teenager's bedroom. To, to relieve the tension when God's in that bedroom wanting to answer the tension. You know, there are holy mm. moments in people's lives that you don't want to interrupt with, and that's what, that's what happened to your church during COVID. You said, there's a holy moment, this. Yeah. You know, let them meet up with God and let God direct their paths, and, and that's, a, that's a great season in the life of the church. We, we're anti that because we're strivers. Church has been striving a lot for fifty years or so. We, we you know, and and and, I, you know, a bit of space, a bit of space is good. Yeah, man, discipleship. Anything else you want to say on the subject? I think that's <laughs> for me. That's that's. I mean, it's all in the same flavor, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I, I I do think that invitation is important, and. Mm. You know, again, Jesus teaching, saying, you know, the hungry and the thirsty are the ones who will be filled. If yeah. this is not driven from a no. hunger and a thirst on a personal level, yes, then exactly. You know, maybe as the church, we should sprinkle some more salt to to create some more thirst. Oh, absolutely! absolutely. Rather than rather than demand, absolutely. People, uh, Jesus needs to be preached more, but not just. People say, "I preach Jesus." Well, what are you saying by that? Because Jesus is in six places. <laughs> yeah, which one? Get it. So which, what are you, if you talking about? If, if you miss that, that's from episode one. Like, yeah. go and listen. We, I think we're going to do a whole episode just yeah. on the six places where God is. See, I think so, that was so, so cool. when they say just preach Jesus, but, but at the moment, uh, in, in all the podcasts I listen to, there's very low revelation of Jesus. It's mostly action-orientated or instructional-orientated. It's very little um, about the nature of God. Mm. And I think that you're right. The more you preach the nature of God, the more people say, oh, I want to draw close to that God. But yeah. if you never present God, how are people going to get a revelation of God? Yeah. I think uh, people need to – I think the, the generally preaching needs to change. It's funny because we, we actually have a, a bit of a saying again amongst our preaching team here, like preach – don't just preach to the people on the seats. Preach to the heavens above them. Mm, very good. You know, so it's not just preach to where they're at. Although, you, of course, you want your preaching to be relevant to where people are at in their lives. It's not about being, you know, so high and, and ridiculous that people can't understand what you're saying. But there is a sense where if you can preach above – where people are at mm. and give them something to look at mm. 
give them something for their the eyes of their heart to see, yeah. then then I think there is a space for them to ascend themselves rather than now I've got you know and I, I maybe have been guilty of this in the in the past of of crafting the perfect response to my message that I've just preached. Yeah. So I've preached this and this is this this very narrow stripper, this is the kind of thing you need to be walking through experiencing right now. And if you do that, you'll be able to respond to my message. Is there anybody like that looking for a hand? And you know, yeah. I'll pray we'll pray with you. We'll, you know, and, and it's like if if you if we can preach the the glory of God, the the the, uh. the person uh. of God, the persons of God yeah. in such a beautiful manner, then people see him. And I I love this has been in my own heart, um, out of this exact topic over the last few months, I've just had this word behold. Uh. You know, I actually wrote a um, – I don't journal all of the time, but I've been going through a season more re- recently where I have been. And um, there was one day, uh, I can't remember, it was you know, probably half a dozen weeks ago, and I just I sat down outside at our outdoor table where I often just sit in the mornings and, and wait on God. And and I just was feeling really flat. I, I can't remember why now. There was, there's been some stuff going on and I was dealing, carrying some weight, whatever reason, and I just – I was sitting there going – Oh God! How do I deal with this? What 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 are you trying to show me? How does this look? It was a personal discipleship moment for me. I, I'm crying it to God, going, and this is how good it was because I don't even remember what it was now. Huh. And I'm sitting there, waiting on God's presence, not really feeling like opening my Bible, not really feeling even His presence, just sitting there, going, oh, I just feel bare. Huh. And I wrote at the top of my my page how to deal with a flat spot. Huh. I didn't even have an answer yet. But I just wrote how to deal with the like I'm going to write myself yeah. a journal entry on how I deal with this, mm. and and I just just waited on the Holy Spirit. I didn't didn't have any worship music on. I did, you know I just I just sat there and went, how do you deal with a flat spot? I haven't had one of these for a while. Mm. You know I'm usually a pretty optimistic up kind of a person, and I'm sitting there and the word just lands in my spirit, Dave, like you would not believe. Behold, gee, like behold. What's that got to do with flatness? Mm. <laughs> and it and it and it just and it, the, the, behold me, very good. See me, mm. you know. Go, go back to something maybe. Mm. Just look at me, and I could go back to the note. And then from that point, God gave me like a whole bunch of just other. It just started to flow from that point. I just oh God, I see you. And now I don't know which one of the six places he was in that we're gonna talk about at that point but I, I could just stop i'm flat see god huh. and it, it, it shifted on a dime for me and i didn't need someone to preach to me i didn't need anybody to pat my back i didn't need anybody to tell me that it was going to be okay i didn't need you to pray i didn't ring up dave gilpin and go hey hey dave i'm having a bad day can you please please pray for me it was just a matter of holy spirit what do i do see god you know and if you can see him it's like the old song in the things oh, of earth yeah. will grow strangely dim. And it's right. so strangely dim now that mm. only a handful of weeks later, I can't even remember what it was that yeah. was calling, causing me to be flat. And, and so, you know, that was a personal Gee, discipleship moment Yes, for that's me. right. And that's a word of faith for you, behold. Behold. And it's to do with the revelation of Christ, mm. him revealing something about his majesty, something about his ability to hold time in his hands, his ability to hold your history and your future. Yeah. He's beyond, he's there. He's beyond the flatness of today. Yeah. He's beyond the victory of tomorrow. Yes. 
Because yes. we, we, could, we could sit in a flat day and go, God's not with me, but God's with me in the valley and on the mountaintop and he's not more with me on the mountaintop no. than he is in the valley. No. Yeah. So God just saying, be still and, not, be still and know that I'm God. Behold. But yep. that's, that's a particular word. But it was a, it was a personal word for me. Yes. Well, and I'm like, oh, you yes. know. And, and out of that place, I'm, it's just coming back. You know, I had forgotten that. It's just literally coming back to me in the moment. And I thought, man, I need to. I need to revisit that, mm. you know, I need to go, but what did I write out of that? Because I remember the flow of it being so beautiful. I mm. just wrote for probably 45 minutes. Gee. Um, if I was to preach, if you were, if, if I was to preach, if I had that word, I was to preach that, I'd, I'd make the word behold, I'd pause after saying the word behold. Because you can sort of fill it in too much and too yeah. quickly. And yet it's a bit of poetry from God that. It is. Isn't it? Because he could actually have slabbed a couple of sentences on. But behold, it's a very singular word that, that carries weight. Yeah. I think there's I think a lot of preachers put use too many words and over explain. They shout the a lot. They you have to see. Bang yeah. on a lot. There's not much space in there. I think <laughs> they I think people they need to bring space back because they need to be bring poetry back and bring linguistics mm. back so that you can actually pause after the word behold and everyone's thinking there it is yeah. there it is be still and know that i'm god i've got my word for the day yeah it's in the room yeah you know yeah. otherwise you trample on your words and everyone's trampling on words eventually it's a word fest but each word means means very little too good i love that we need to wrap this up that's episode two discipleship i don't know if we're going to continue to talk about that in the future but for me that blessed me uh, I hope that blessed you guys. This has been uncon uncontroversial. Don't think we were controversial today, were we, Dave? Not at all. Never. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh -huh. All right. See you next time. <laughs>